Walk on the speak on with who you with, Kurt Dog. I'm M. Who you with, Kurt Dog? Man, this has been a great year so far. Uh, this Thursday night. Want to welcome everyone on Facebook, YouTube. There I go. I messed up. Stop it, risk. Yeah, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. D Live is always in the house, and also our audience on Anchor.fm. It's Thursday night. You know what time it is. My girl's in the house. We've been talking about this show for some time. Uh, our last show of the year. The last show of the year, and we saved this one for the for the best. Uh, we're going to be talking about black laws versus white laws. Now, some people feel like it's not a difference in it, but it is. So without further ado, my little sister, Miss Risky. What's going on, Miss Risky? <laughs> Boy, you be you be breaking my spirit sometimes. <laughs> Are you? My apartment's broke my spirits today. Oh, Lord. I decided to, uh, uh, I guess, power wash the uh, carports uh. no notice. And so we have, like, no parking, like, free parking spots. So we have to get creative with our par- parking. And, you know, got nervous when I saw the tow truck taking cars away. And I was like, whoa, 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 are you taking cars? They're like, we're not towing them, we're just relocating them so we can power wash. And then they're doing it, uh, painting tomorrow. And I was like, well, I won't be here tomorrow, so I'm good. But yeah, it was, it was interesting, just because I could see the my car from the patio. And I saw that tow truck near my car because I was at the fire entrance. Yeah, that's one of the... <laughs> One of the worst feelings you can ever get. I remember back in the days, uh, I was actually, um, I stayed in these apartment complex. Well, I was running inside real quick. Wasn't no parking right up front. So I was running inside real quick. And uh, so I parked in the apartment complex next door. And as soon as I got in, I heard, I said, I know that ain't my car. Ran out there, it was my car. I said, now, God damn. Uh, so I ended up having to pay the guy to uh, take my Plymouth off the off the hooks. Yeah, I said the Plymouth. It will say Plymouth. No, the Plymouth with the big one, the huge back window and the hatchback. So, uh, but it was a good car. It got me from point A to point B. Welcome to the show, SAL out of uh, uh, Florida. Uh, I forgot out of Florida. Welcome to the show. What's up with you? Uh, she's a beast in the uh, transportation industry. Um, so um, tonight, well, let me ask you a question. What time of day were they doing this? Because they just going to come up, remove cars, don't say nothing. Yeah, and like one of the, I, guess, I don't know what she was. She was like supervising um, and just making sure that the cars, like, and then the tow company that you were using, they were abusing these cars. I was like, oh, yeah, you ain't touching my car. <laughs> Skid marks everywhere. They were dropping things. And I'm like, oh, Lord. 
But <laughs> my car was fine. They were just trying to move them from the carport so they can access them. But yeah, they gave no notification, you know, at all. And I guess it's an all-day thing, you know, from 8 to 6. And then tomorrow, they're going to paint from 8 to 6. Mm. Yeah, that's jacked and up. The is, like, what the problem is, is like, why are you doing them all at once? Like, usually you do them in segments, but they're doing big blocks. It's just all over the place. So, well, that's, you know, my car was fine. Nobody touched my car, so that was fine. Well, that's a good thing. Um, well, we actually have a great show in store for everyone. If you are tuning in, if uh, it's your first time, please take the time to uh, like. Ooh, oh, you saying that? But that's my notes. <laughs> I was had printed them off. I can have them in front of me. Um, uh, you know, no, we can be a minute. It well, I didn't hear it, so <laughs> my mic a little bit sensitive tonight. I think I've been using it too much, but um, uh, so we've been talking about the show for a while now uh, due to some of the stories that we talk about and some of the trolls that actually comes uh, into the show to pay attention um, they say it's no difference between black laws and white laws and we say it is a difference uh, we see a difference in it because of um, that, that amount of time between the two that we get um, so we're going to hit on that tonight. Uh, you can actually chat live with us in the comment and, uh, be a part of the show, interact with us. That's what the show is all about. You may not agree with everything that we're saying, but if you are following me on Facebook, um, you can see, I put all our resources on my page. Um, you can click on the resource yourself and read it for yourself. And um, no onion, no none of that. It, it's straight up resources from reliable resources. Um, <clears throat> and also, before we get too far, um, this is the last show of the year, but we have a a, a contest going on. We're going to do a drawing. Um, probably when we come back off of, we're going to do the drawing. Okay, so probably something like that. Uh, but we're gonna do it in the contest end on the 31st. How you get your name in that drawing to win a prize, which we have some great prizes that is sponsored by um, Miss Risky and in the show. Um, you can win the prize by going to YouTube, go to YouTube. Like, share, subscribe to the channel, and make a comment on the uh, on the video saying "speak on it." Um, hashtag speak on it. Hashtag also, speak on it. Go to at RSTEE uh, on Instagram and do the same thing. Uh, hashtag speak on it, so we'll know who is participating in the contest. Yes, and please do not just make comments on on these pages and think we don't know if you subscribed or not because we we know 
we know i get a message as soon as you do it so um so definitely do that and then um uh if you are new uh go to all our social media page and do it um we're gonna write the names down put them in a bucket draw it out and announce the winners and we'll send you the gifts so but you have to do it and that's what we're looking at doing so definitely be a part of this really great gifts um i think it is and it'll be interesting so uh so definitely do that as soon as you do it i do get a message so uh don't lie um but tonight we're gonna go ahead and get it started talking about black laws and white laws and um we're actually going to uh, uh discuss that and hopefully it would open people's eyes to it uh the difference between our justice system based up on the color of your skin it's going to be kind of technical. I'll try not to make it so boring and history lesson like, um, but it, it's a long research. <laughs> so try to break it up. Um, but uh, initially, uh, let's see, this one's going to be um, based on a Stanford University study on traffic uh, stops. Um, they, uh, the researchy, researchies. Researchers studied nearly uh, 100 million traffic stops and found black motorists are more likely to be pulled over. Um, traffic stops from around the uh, country has concluded that on average, um, t- uh, black drivers are 20% more likely to get pulled over than white uh, drivers. Uh, and this is based on uh, traffic stops from 21 state patrol agencies. 29 municipal police departments between the years 2001 and 2017. The results, which reflect experiences that have long been shared by people of color, revealed an observable racial bias in both traffic stops and subsequent decisions to conduct vehicle searches. Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health states that Black Americans are 32 uh, two, three times more likely than white Americans to be killed by police officers, uh, according to their research. Um, they examined 5,494 police-related deaths um, in the United States between 2013 and 2017. The rates of deadly police encounters were higher in the West and South than in the Midwest, West, and Northeast. And that's according to their studies. Um, racial disparities in killing by uh, police vary widely uh, across the country, the country uh, with some metropolitan areas showing very high differences between treatments by race. Um, Black Chicagoans, for example, were uh, found to be over 650% more likely to be killed by police officers than their white counterparts. In another study in 2018, black people were arrested five times more than white people in the United States. In 250 jurisdictions, blacks were 10 times more likely to be arrested than whites. Um, 
the review examined ERA's data over a three-year period of time in, in 2018. Uh, and that was, at that time, the most recent statistics available. Uh, in a report by Joshua Redden Miller, law enforcement system is system, uh, states that uh, law enforcement system is systematically racist. There's almost no consequences to abusing, bullying, offending, or killing black people and some minorities. Yes, there are laws that are supposed to be upheld uh, and we are all supposed to be protected under that umbrella. Unfortunately, that umbrella starts falling apart when it comes to protecting the black demographic. And uh, you also see a lot of time if a person of color is being harassed by a white-skinned individual, the police or someone in power will automatically go to the aid of the person who they most identify with over the person of color. Even then, the person of a darker complexion will be talked down to as if they were the cause of the movement. Um, they will oftentimes be made to feel as if they are responsible for the occurrence and advised to change their behavior while the white or non-black individuals who cause the disturbance will get uh, barely a slap on the wrist. In the past, when a black person was killed, there was practically no outrage. There was very little justice for the victim and their families, and this is because uh, though our laws, uh, even though there are laws against murder and violence, it doesn't seem to be enforced when it comes to the black demographic. In 2020, that all changed with the murder of George Floyd. This was the first time officers were recorded blatantly abusing their power, which ended up uh, with the loss of his life. Derek Chauvin, <clears throat> excuse me. The officer who knelt on Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds was tried, found guilty, and sentenced to 22 and a half years. The other officers, Jay Alexander uh, Kuhn, Cho uh, Tao, uh, and um, Thomas Lane, their trials will begin March 22nd, I'm sorry, March of 2022 uh, for aiding and abetting counts. Now, this segment is going to be similar cases, different outcomes. So we're going to compare uh, similar cases and crimes, but they have vastly different outcomes. Um, so Florida is, is going to be the most prominent story in a lot of these cases because they their laws just uh, cater to a certain demographic of people. Oh, you know, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Florida 19th Judicial uh, Circuit Judge Sherwood Chip Bauer gave a black man 26 years in prison, while a white man, he gave two years uh, time served for the same crime in the same circumstance. The two men pled guilty to two counts of the same crime. Um, they both had the same sentencing total, the same lowest permissible sentence, but the judge sentenced the black defendant to 26 years state prison while sentencing um, 
like I said, two years to uh, the, uh, the white counterpart. These men chase lightning. <laughs> he was 19 at the time. Lamar Lloyd, 21, black. And so let's do a little comparison and, uh, to both of these. So Chase, I'm just going to call him Chase because I cannot deal with his last name. It's L-E-G-L-E-I-T-N-E-R, whatever that is. So Chase <laughs> was 19 when he committed an armed robbery along with five other uh, people. What? Uh, oops. You got me closing out my story, uh, Kurt. <laughs> he popped up a message. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, I'll read that message later. <laughs> um, so he committed the robbery with five other people on November 3rd, 2008. He was arrested February 2009. Lloyd was 21 at the time when he and another man committed two armed robberies in Stewart, Florida on uh, March 18, 2009. He was arrested later that night. Now, both were charged with two counts of robbery with deadly weapon, a Class D felony. Chase pled no contest to the charges against him on November 18, 2009. Same with Lloyd. He pled the same March 11, 2010. Now, both of them had 138.2 sentence points, which yielded a minimum sentence of 82.65 months, which is just under seven years. On July 23, 2010, 19th Judicial Circuit Judge Bauer sentenced Lloyd um, to 13 years in state prison on each two accounts, yielding the sentence of 26 years. On June 23rd of uh, 2011, Bauer invoked the mitigated departure uh, from a minimum sentence calculated from Chase's sentence points and sentenced him to time already served of 722 days in Martin County Jail, which is just one year and 11 months and 27 days. The two men were charged with the same crime in the same court at an equal number of sentence points and were sentenced by the same judge. But one was committed to state prison for 26 years while the other just under two years. So, so <clears throat> this is what we're talking about. The difference between black laws and white laws because they both have the same background, the same crime, the same judge, and um, they basically end up getting served certain different type of time for the same crime. This is the difference in it. Um, so and we do see it all the time. So it should it shouldn't be like that. That's a problem within our justice system. Um, so that's what um, what that should be uh, in both of those councils I just gave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see how we see how I rolled it out. <laughs> but um, Brock Turner, he's twenty. White, he's 
versus Corey Beatty, 19, Black Vanderbilt University, University football team. So I don't know if you remember Rob Turner's case. He was witness of raping an unconscious woman in an alley behind a dumpster. For 16 months, they used his Stanford yearbook picture in the media instead of his mugshot. Uh, despite the fact that he was arrested in January 2015. Um, and his mugshot, his actual mugshot, wasn't available to the public until around uh, March of 2016. Uh, and that's after the case had blown up worldwide. Like, and we'll go into that later on and how they treat different cases. Like, certain people, they show their mugshots, others, they show them with the puppy and being family people and living life. So, so <laughs> continuing on, uh, the Santa Clara Sheriff's Department told multiple journalists that the arresting agency, um, the Stanford Department of uh, Public Safety, Safety, must make the decision on whether or not to share a mugshot. Stanford, on the other hand, said that the call must come from the Sheriff's Department. So they're like pointing fingers like, no, they make the decision. No, you make the decision. No, no. So meanwhile, on Twitter, the hashtag no mugshot and hashtag where's the mugshot pick up steam as news outlets ran the only picture of Turner they could. Um, wire uh, images of... Um, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what that means. I think I need to edit that more. Um, but they kept using his school picture instead of like his uh, mugshot. So Corey Beatty, who's 19, black, Vanderbilt University football star, was one of four Vanderbilt University football players who carried an unconscious 21-year-old female student into a dorm room, gang raped, and sodomized her. Um, they photographed her videoed her, and one urinated on her face on June 23rd, 2013. In July 2016, after being convicted by Davidson County Criminal Court jury, uh, by a Davidson County Criminal Court jury, Beatty, who was uh, 22 years old, received a 15-year prison sentence, the minimum allowed um, by law for his crimes. While both his um, uh, the victim and the prosecutors had asked the judge for the maximum sentence, sentence possible of 25 years. After he gets out, he will be required to be listed as a sex offender uh, for the rest of his life. Now, the sentence for Turner, after being found guilty on three felony counts of sexual assault, six months and three years of probation, which was... 3,000% longer than what Brock, uh, than what Brock Turner was, uh, uh, had, uh, gotten, or I'm mixing my stories. Forgive me. It's 3,000% longer, um, is the sentence, uh, that, what was his name? Brock Turner. Uh, Baby got. Oh, Baby got. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so. Baby, his sentence was 300% longer than what Brock got. Um, and 
and it, the crimes were comparable, um, and that's um, according to uh, the, uh, what was posted in the New York Times Daily News. So why are minorities painted as the villains and, and, and as villains who deserve harsher sentence? Media. <laughs> the media prefers to show the white offender as human to show that he's just like you and me, you know, he's family. He likes, you know, he was in the war or he, you know, he's got three kids, da, da, da. like, and, uh, and they make up most of the faces that you see on television, you know, because we're still a minor. On the other hand, you need a villain. And that's where the minorities come into play. Even when blacks or other minorities are in the news as the victim, of crimes or committing crimes, whether they are defenders or not, they show unflattering photos. Typically old mug shots that have nothing to do with the crime itself, uh, shots of the victim as they are uh, in distress. Those uh, images represent how the world views blacks and other minorities. Less than animals, inhuman, wild, unkempt, criminals, and other defamatory adjectives. An example of this is shown in 2015. University of Cincinnati post, uh, police officer Ray Tinsley was indicted for the murder of an unarmed black man named Sam Dubois. NBC, BBC, uh, CNN, and other mainstream media outlets used a mugshot of Dubois, Dubois from a previous unrelated arrest to report the story. Tensing, on the other hand, was shown in his police uniform. The image, the images used to report uh, on the deaths of unarmed teenagers, Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, Trayvon Martin in Stanford, Florida, drew similar criticism. When Marissa Alexander went to prison in 2012, she became a symbol of the shortcomings of Florida's standard ground law, gun law. And I share this picture of Kurt Dog. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Or I'll just take a screenshot and show you who we're talking about. And 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 speaking on that story that what you were just talking about, um one thing that we've talked about on the on this show is when it's dealing with a black person first thing they do is do a background check they're going to pull out from the time they were born until the current time now as for our white counterparts they not going to do that and that's why we have so many to actually have so many crimes kind of like the guy in florida i believe he's still in prison now after killing two best friends two best friends that went fishing but this guy had over a hundred and something felony accounts against him. And I think he was in his twenties. That never should have happened. And that family should go after that police department for allowing him to be on the street with that many felonies. And those guys would still be alive today. So, um, but go ahead, Miss Risky. I'm sorry. Had to get that off my chest. Alexander, the picture I just showed you, is a black mother who was a licensed 
gun owner when she shot at her shot at her estranged husband in 2010, and she feared he'd hurt her. Bullet and everything grazed him, the man, but she was initially sentenced to up to 20 years in jail. And then uh, making headlines just as uh, George Zimmerman was famously walked free for fatally shooting a young Trayvon Martin in the same state. Florida Stand Your Ground law passed in 2005 and was the nation's first. 21 states have since followed. The proposed changes would make Florida's law the toughest for prosecutors and could be a, uh, uh, a harbinger, of, harbinger of similar charges, changes nationwide. So, uh, if you need to do your thing, first, do Yeah, let's go ahead and do it because I don't want to go too deep. Stand by. <laughs> 